So I grabbed that one and then I swung the detector there again and there was another big loud signal. I got two right there in the same spot and everywhere I swung the detector it was just going off. <gasps> and I could see gold just sitting on, on the ground. Just took my hat off because they wouldn't fit in my little speckin' jar that you have to put your little uh, match head pieces in normally. <laughs> they wouldn't even fit in that jar. You've got to get a bigger boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, I think we're going to need a bigger jar. So I got that 23 ounce and that nine and a half ounce and yeah, heaps of other bits and pieces. And then, yeah, next minute, like 54 ounces in the Cobra hat. So we went home, never slept any that night. Went back out there like crack of dawn, before yeah. crack of dawn. Picked up another 25 ounces in, a, in about an hour's time. Welcome to the Beers with a Miner podcast. My name is Mad Mumsy and I've been driving the huge dump trucks in Australian open cup mines for over 10 years now. I wish I had a dollar for everyone who said to me, how does a little thing like you drive those big trucks? Oh, you must be rich. How do I get a job doing that? My mining friends are asked these questions all the time too. This is what started the Mad Mumsy journey to share stories and tips from living a mining lifestyle and to let others know what it's really like. Tune in each episode as I sit down for a relaxed chat, usually over a few beers with a fellow miner. Women and blokes with various experience, roles and opinions share their lessons and stories with you. Not everyone is cut out to be a miner, but why not? What does it take to thrive and survive in this industry? Now, let's dig in. Get it? Dig? Mining? I crack me up. Hello and welcome to Beers with a Miner podcast episode number 53. Today I'm sitting down again with Will and we are going to talk all about prospecting, which was what we were going to talk about in part one. But as you know, if you've listened to episode 52, his mining journey was just full of golden nuggets and crocodiles and all sorts of things. So I really needed to chat to him longer about that. So this is a few weeks later and we're sitting down having a yarn over a few beers. It is raining here. We're in central Queensland and We've had horrendous heat wave and then fires. Uh, so unprecedented is the word of the week. And people keep saying it because it's true. It's never been like that before. So this rain is welcome, welcome, welcome. If it annoys you in the background, too bad. Because we're in Queensland and we really needed this rain. And it's actually coming from the uh, remnants of Cyclone Owen. So we had heat wave and then bushfires and a cyclone, but it didn't quite reach the coast, but now we are getting some beautiful rain out of it. And not only is it going to put out the fires, it will help to get everything growing back again for the livestock, for the cane, and just to be able to go outside and breathe without smoke in your lungs and is amazing. So... Anyway, enough of me. Let's get on with part two with Will. I hope you enjoy this chat as much as we did. Cheers. So here we are again, Will. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Welcome back to the Biz with the Minor podcast. Thank you. It's taken us a Thanks couple of weeks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you know, I'm a busy man, you know, like, yeah. i got dirt to move and, you know, gold to find, dig up and, yeah, fish to catch, crabs. So, yeah, you're lucky you got me, actually. Oh, thanks. I feel privileged. <laughs> and you just uh, showed 
me a whole heap of photos before we got started and some of your nuggets and stuff. So I hit my camera on record and you'll be able to see those pictures and videos when you go to the show notes, which will be madmumsy.com forward slash beers 53, the number 53. If you haven't caught up with part one, which was an epic journey into into Will's mining journey. Um, and it does go for nearly a couple of hours, but we really enjoyed our time together and he had some awesome stories. And the, one of the main reasons I wanted to get him on the podcast was to talk about his prospecting, which is what, when we first met each other at the... Um, Kalen Fishing Classic. The Kalen Fishing Classic that piqued my interest and I thought, oh, we'll come on the podcast we'll have a chat about it and then we didn't even get to that till right at the end when I said what are you going to do when you get out of mining what's your plan b so we'll go from there will mm. let's do it cheers yeah yeah all right yeah well um yeah well that's it uh been mining that for a long time but i um, been prospecting um as I've been going along um just as a hobby sort of thing mostly yeah and I, I got into it um when I was probably about 18, that's when I was up Weeper then, and that's when I first run into my uncle, who I hadn't seen since I was probably about 10 year old or something. And um, yeah, and we just hit it off, and yeah, and he, he'd been doing that for yeah ever and a day, and um, showed me the ropes. Like I started, you know, from the beginning, like learn how to use a gold pan, and then once you see those first little um, specks come through the sand. And gleaming at you, um, that's it. You you hook for life. You get the gold bug. Get the gold bug. Yeah. And it still hasn't gone away. No, you? no. It, it's yeah. It's a bit like a disease, you know. But once you get it, that's it. But it's a good disease. Yeah, yeah. It? And and it's <laughs> and you know like you don't um, like I showed you some pictures of that and some you know some nuggets there. But you know you don't always you know just get big lots like that. But it does go to show that you know that it is out there still, mm. but it's getting harder. Like with all the uh, modern technology, with the metal detectors and that, because they go deeper and uh, so and and smaller. So yeah, it's, it's you know all the surface stuff is is getting picked up gradually. But I mean, but they were probably saying that you know twenty thirty year ago you know like oh well like when I moved the towers there in about ninety seven there you know. An old fella said that to me, that, oh, yeah, you know, not much gold now, it's all gone. And then a couple of days later, I found that 75-ounce patch. So it just goes to show, you know, there's still still the uh, odd patches out there if you're keen and dedicated and put the time in. But, you know, I've always, it's worked for me because I've always just enjoyed being outdoors anyway. And, you know, you get a bit of exercise. And you're not only just prospecting for gold, but, you you know, as, as you've seen at my place, I, I got a lot of trinkets, like relics and, mm. you know, rabbit traps. And, and it was a funny one, actually, too, because I've seen that on Russell Coit there a few years ago where he's given a rundown on uh, how to prospect, you know. And uh, and he's showing old mate and he gets a bit of a signal. And, um, and he, oh, yeah, definitely something metal there, you know, and... Uh, digs down a little bit more and then the next minute you only see sort of you know from his waist up and but he's having a feel around in the dirt that he's just dug with the pick and then next minute you hear this snap and he comes up with this rabbit trap on his hand <laughs> and i next thought minute. yeah i thought shit that could actually could happen but like hadn't happened to me yet but it could yeah you 
an old rabbit trap down. Yeah, it was like when my uncle was up the uh, Cape York there years ago, you know, after the wet season, he was the first one there to, like, try and get across to the gold fields that way. You know, it's had all the wet and banks caving in, so if you can be the first one to get in there, you're going to clean up, you know, with uh, all the dirt that's broken in off the banks and that, and this new gold breaks up and that comes out in the creek. And, and as he's going down through the cutting, he's seen this... Um, bit of a round round shape sticking out of the cutting, you know. And he goes, oh, that's interesting. I wasn't near this trip. He's just telling me about it. And, um, yeah, and it's round, so he's thinking, Jesus Christ, buddy, looks like a bloody dinosaur egg or something. So so he starts digging around it with his pick, you know, and uh, and, as, and then it's getting bigger and bigger, and then next minute it dawned on him what it was. It was a bloody bomb. <gasps> yeah, that they ah. must have dropped there like in, you know, 1940s and that, because they had a lot of... Um, airstrips and that all up the Cape York and that, you know. And um and they must have been driving through there and same thing in the wet season and, and boggy and had a hard time getting up the creek and they'd like, oh let's get get rid of a bit of geary and just turfed it out and then next minute like, you know, thirty forty years later then he's yeah. So but he, he rung the police, uh, or told the police when he got back in town, they went out and sent the army out there and dug it up and that, yeah. Yeah, so prospecting's not just prospecting gold, there's other things come along, adventures and things and yeah, well, it wouldn't have been much adventure if he hit it with a pick and it blew up, I suppose. No. no. <laughs> yeah. And you wouldn't be able to tell anyone either. But I have uh, heard stories too of other people putting picks through like, you know, like 50 cal projectiles and things like that, you know, mm. uh, cases and that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Be careful. It's something to be aware of when you're yeah. doing it. But I, I like just, yeah, like I say, you, you get all the old um, relics and that like um, up, Cape York there, you know, years ago I found two old, really old padlocks, you know, like the ones where you put the key in the front of them. Mm. And, and, and they both were locked together, you know, and I've still got them today. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're hanging up under me. Shut up there. Did they have the key? No, that's no. what I was annoyed about. Yeah. And then I got a couple, like, a uh, pair of old blacksmith's tongs, you know, where they used to hang on the steel and stuff and put in the fires and, yeah. So, yeah, you get all sorts of stuff. And in... The little collection that you were showing us mm-hmm. in the video on the show notes, you'll be able to see that, um, were some Chinese Yeah, Chinese coins. coins. Yep. Yeah, tell us a bit more yeah, about those. Yeah, well, like, like I was saying, um, when when you first find them, they're, they're dirty and that, obviously, and they just look like a washer. So I think I probably f- uh, threw a few of them away in the early days and then it wasn't until my uncle pointed out that... Um, I think I was, he asked me when we, because we used to split up a bit, you know, like when we went prospecting, so cover a bit more ground. And then if, and if I got something, well, he could come over there, or if he got something, I'll go over where he is, you know. And then he said, How'd you go? And I said, Oh, nothing, just a bloody, bloody washer, you know. And then, then he's like, Oh, you, you know, you should have checked it out. It could have been a Chinese coin. And I go, Oh, really? Mm. And then after that, I started washing them and that, yeah. So, and um, I actually got. Um, bit more of a story on those Chinese coins. I was with this lady about five years ago and um, and she kind of like had everything, you know, um, and and it was her 50th. So I actually uh, thought, well, what do you get somebody who's sort of got everything, you know? So I actually had a bit of a think about it and I got, I got two of those Chinese coins and um, they were both dated uh, 1866. And I took them into a juror and... Um, and they're pretty dirty looking, you know, like, and then, yeah, and then I got, uh, I totally wanted what I'd done, so I got them and a couple of little nuggets I had, like, 
put onto the Chinese coins and some like um, what do you call them like sheep shank sort of earring things you know the long oh, right, yeah. yeah and and just yeah and and he'd done them up for me and oh yeah and them Chinese coins man like because they're um, what are they they're actually um, copper I think they're made out of yeah so they just come up so sparkling eh? oh, and, yeah. the, and then the little gold nugget you know yeah. on the bottom of them yeah, and she was blown away, like, because, you know, like, she's probably the only one getting around with, that, yeah. so, you know, everybody can go and buy something the same as uh, something else, someone else has got, but mm. no one will ever have them ones, you know? Yeah. They will now when they hear my story, then everyone will be running around doing yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. So, <laughs> mm. Oh, so you don't just find your gold and... So what, what other... Did you ever do... The other stuff. What else is out there? Sapphires. Oh, you got all your all yeah that. gems and all that. No, gems, I never, never really it. got into um, in that side of it. You know, obviously, I, I I've know a bit about it and read about it and run into people out there, but it it's something that didn't really interest me back then. But I'm probably um, leaning towards that side of thing. Get into that a little bit more. I went out like Sapphire and Ruby Vale and all that years ago, just for a bit of a look when we were yeah. living at Claremont. Um, yeah, and then over the years I've just been running into um, more people that are into it. So it was probably more I didn't really know enough about it in the early days. We all used to buy the gem, what you call the Gem and Treasure magazine and um, give you stories in there, you know, like I say, for instance, say that story that I, I found that big patch, you know, years ago. Well, I could have put that in there, you know, like say... Then people will be reading my story, you know. Mm. But I'm just going to tell it as it is now. Because <laughs> podcasting is the new way to go. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a uh, terrible thing about the Titanic, wasn't it? I just heard about that the other day, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's how far behind I am. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking whether to bring up actually yesterday they arrested someone because of a podcast. Did you see that on the news? Yes, the Teacher's Pet podcast, and it's a cold case. It's all over the news here in Australia at the oh, moment. Oh, right. Well, I don't watch the news, so that's yeah, that's why I don't, don't know. No, it's too depressing. Yeah. Yeah. I watch documentaries and happy stuff. And yeah. Well, you're bound yeah. to see a documentary on yeah. this at some stage. Yep. Yeah, but um, 37 years they've arrested him, yeah, and they okay. expect to charge him today. Yeah, so, right. But that's ongoing, but a lot of that came because of a podcast with 28 million downloads yep. and they've only I just joined it today and or signed up to it subscribed is the correct terminology yep and um, there's only 16 episodes and there's 28 million downloads yeah, 28 okay. million times it's been listened yeah, to. Right, eh? yeah so the real miner said to me this morning mm. my partner he said so what's what's when's Beers with a Miner going to have 28 million downloads. I said, <laughs> yeah, no, never. Uh, but anyway, back to prospecting. Like, I just wanted to quickly, like you said, um, you might find a bit that someone else has missed. Mm. Is there any way over the years where you've seen technology changes where you could go back and you can find more? Because I know, oh, yeah, that, that's... hang on a minute, you're making noise over there getting a rum. That's all right. It's yeah. all good. I just we'll just stop talking while you do that at the plastic bag. Oh right, yeah. Yeah. Are you gonna do a? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You ready? Yep. Ready. Yeah. Ah. 
<laughs> and rum. Yeah, cans. rum. Yeah, rum boated, eh? Yep. Rum and yeah, because what? it's cold weather. It's raining here, yeah, and so it's um, yeah, you can't it? do the beer in the cold weather. Oh, okay. Yeah. If, yeah. It, if the sun was out now, I probably would have had a couple first off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, righto. So yeah, no, it's it's always changing because every um, well, if you go back, say back when my uncle was doing it, when the first metal detectors ever came out, well, they they were pretty pretty robust machines back then um and but you know the the depth wasn't that good but then you didn't it didn't have to be either because there was that much gold lying around um they they worked fine then but as all that surface stuff slowly got picked up over the next like 10 20 years then it becomes harder and harder then you got to go for that stuff that's buried a deep so then then you need the technology which they keep bringing out oh every year they keep bringing out new detectors that's better technology and um and that's why you're able to keep doing it because they just keep getting deeper where the only unfortunate thing is you got to dig deeper you nearly got a car to back or digger in with you to <laughs> dig it up <laughs> <laughs> like where i was lucky that patch i found it was just sitting there all on the ground pretty much oh, i like that the big one the 23 ounce here was probably i don't know down about 200 mil in the ground you know like yeah. Um, which, yeah, um, you would have picked that up easily, like, you know. I mean, I'd already found heaps of pieces there, so I already knew there was gold there, so when it started. But it was only a, a reasonable single then, you know, but as I dug down, it just got loud and started screaming, you know. But that's like when I found the first piece, it was like about a two-ounce, three-ounce or something, and um, and it just, like, nearly blew my eardrums, you know, with my headphones there. And, well, literally, and, yeah, like it was really yeah, that, is that loud. Yeah, it was because oh. it, it was just sitting on the ground, yeah. you know, like oh, just a little bit of fine dust sort of thing over it, and it was that bloody loud. And normally what happens, uh, or what it is when that happens, it's a bloody horseshoe. Because uh, right. that big lot of steel, you know, like mm. big mass of steel, and, and when you go along, you, you're listening for them faint little twiggers, signals, and then all of a sudden, beep, you're like, holy shit. <laughs> and uh, and then so that's what I thought it was going to be. And then when I buddy looked down and started scratching just a little bit, I only took like a real little bit off the cert, and then I could see it. So I grabbed that one, and then I swung the detector there again, and there was another big loud signal. I got two right there in the same spot, and then um, then I just started swinging the detector around, and everywhere I swung the detector, it was just going off. <gasps> and then and then I could look actually looked on the little um, pinnacle in between the two forks of the gully. I could see gold just sitting on on the ground there, like. So I just took me a I had me a Cobra hat back in them days, and um, yeah, and I just took my hat off because they wouldn't fit in my little specking jar that you had to put your little um, match head pieces in normally. <laughs> they wouldn't even fit in that jar. You got to get a bigger boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, I think we're gonna need a bigger jar. Mm. So yes, yeah, so I took me a Cobra hat off, and then and I just started putting it in there, and then say like. Because I found only like 20 minutes before dark. And then, um, yeah, and so time dark come, um, so I got that 23-ouncer and that 9.5-ouncer and, um, yeah, heaps of other bits and pieces. And then, yeah, next minute, like 54 ounces in the Cobra hat. So we went home, never slept any that night, went back out there like crack of dawn, before yeah. crack of dawn, and um, picked up another 25 ounces yeah. in, a, in about an hour's time. And who were you with when you My did uncle and uncle another did. old fella, his mate. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, that's the same, that old fella that told me only a few days before, he said, oh, no, there's... Because uh, I just left Weeper and come down to Charter's house then, and he said, 
oh yeah no there's no gold here left will it's all gone now you know very hard to find a piece now and then next minute next minute yeah so so he and he had the permission for the property that we went on and um but i already split it with them when because my uncle and, and him were down the creek still they were about going to be another 15 you know minutes walking back up to the car you know yeah. and um so when I went up the car, had a drink, and I was going to start taking me to take the gear off and that. And it was only that I seen the quartz uh, reef on the other side of this gully that caught my eye and thought, oh, maybe I should just go and have a quick look at there. And, and it was weird, you know, like, because we parked right in front of this gully. Mm. Like, five metres in front of me is where I found that patch. Oh, wow. And, and yet when we got there, like, a couple hours earlier... We went walking like 500 mile away down gullies, over hills and that, and you know, and that's always the case. You always pull up somewhere and you think the goal's way over there. And quite often, when you read these Gem and Treasure magazines with all the stories, you'll be surprised like how many people say, yeah, I went out for hours and that and I was coming back and just swinging that random sort of thing, not really paying too much attention and just about back at the vehicle and next minute, beep. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah and that's how it happens. Yeah, like literally five metres in front of it where we parked the cars. I'm like, how funny is that? Yeah. So, and the only reason, because I was waiting for them to get back up to the car, that's the only reason I quickly, and, and I could have walked around the head of the gully, because there's only like, oh, they're only like five metres each little gully there at the end of them, or I could have jumped down the gully in front of my car, there's like a bit of a cattle pad, mm-hmm. so I opted that one, you know, so pure, a lot of luck, you know. Yeah. So, and yeah, that's the way the cookie crumble. So when it comes to having permission to find it and all of that, I can imagine that's a bit of a... Yeah, like, how do you, yeah. you know... Uh, oh, you just ask them, the you words? just ask them, you know, and, and if they say, yeah, all good, um, and if they say no, well, you just shoot them and do it anyway. <laughs> 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 Maybe I will get my 27 million downloads. <laughs> yeah. Where did, um, you, where did you hide the body, Will? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, underneath that big green old tree over there, Neil. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, well, years ago, you actually used to um, get what you call um, a Fossiger's permit, yep. right, which entitled you, allowed you to go onto properties where you didn't need the property owner's permission. You just had to give them, notify them. You did that like through the miners' department. You filled out your paperwork um, and you had to, uh, well, the miners' department actually sends it off to them, you know, I think. And um, and they've notified in seven days and then they can't really stop you from going on. But over the years, um, you know, there was always a lot of stuff going on with prospectors and property owners and that. Um so that's when they, they canned it in about early, about 2001, I think, roughly. And um, then they come up with the Fossiger's licence, mm-hmm. which, so you got to get the permission off the property owner now. And it's been that way, yeah, for like yeah, 17 years or something now. And, yeah, and they sort of, on the back of it, like they got to sign it, endorse it sort of thing, like, yeah, the landowner. So, yeah, in in one way, yeah. So it makes it a bit harder to get on properties, you know, because of that. Because um, they want yeah. their gold or...? No, no, no. That, that's the weird thing about it, see. Um, most of the property owners only they're running 
want the ground for running cattle, you know. Mm. So you're not really hurting anything by going on there. You're just, you know, they're not doing it. So, you know, um, yeah, why, why can't you just go on? You're not hurt. But unfortunately, um, it's like a lot of other things like shooting, pig hunters and stuff like that, you know. You get some people, they probably said, yeah, okay, you know, uh, yeah, you can go on. And then they, you know, littered the place, left rubbish, you know, beer bottles, tins, whatever, lying around the paddock because they're just hooning out for the weekend. And that's what ruins it for a lot of other people, see. And it's the same as prospecting, you know. You get a few go in, they weekend warriors, you call them, you know. Um, and then they go in, they leave gates open because they don't understand, you know, the rules of the bush and that, you know, about gates and things and and how much headache's going to be if, if them cattle in that paddock get out and go mix in with the other mob whereas I was lucky I grew up ringing you know when I was a young fella so I understand that side of things you know so with the rule of the gate yeah. I'm a, not a bushy person yeah. my understanding of that is how you find the gate is how you leave the gate yeah leave a gate as you find it yeah so if it's open leave it open because yeah. they want it open yeah but some but then you just, gotta hope, the way you just got to hope. You just got to hope. Might have left it open. You just got to hope someone else didn't go ahead of you before you, yeah, and left yeah, it open. And then you yeah. go, oh well, I'll leave it open. Then the property owner just comes along and think and blames you for it. Yeah, <laughs> it was already open. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was, you know, but I've, I've had a um, lot of success, you know, with just going up and and introducing myself to the property owners, you know, or ring them up, you know, um, and yeah, just tell them a bit about myself and whatnot, and um, yeah. Same as when I was roo shooting pig hunting as well, so I've I've been that as well. Yeah, but not one of the bad ones. No, <laughs> not one of not the a weekend that, I, um No, because that was my livelihood when yeah. I got out of mining there for a stint. You know, mm. back in early two thousand there, and um and so that was my livelihood. So I wasn't going to do the wrong thing, you know. Like, and um, but they they a lot of them didn't know me from Barrow Soap, but I was just lucky that the per, uh, the bloke I worked for he he was from that district, and um, they had big properties and everybody knew them so they'd just ring him up for a reference you know yeah. Mm. but yeah I have had um, where I didn't know him um, like when I was living down miles there and I went up um, prospecting around Krakow area there and I just drove in this property owner's place and um, said hey I'm Joe Blow uh, you know do a bit of prospecting on my days off um, yeah just wondering if I could park my car on the side of the road and um, and walk in like a few hundred metres and then he's like, "Oh yeah, you're right, mate." He said, "Oh, you can drive your car, and all good, mate." Mm. You know, like, but that uh, that doesn't happen every day of the week. Yeah. Normally, you're dodging bullets. Like, you start dropping. <laughs> oh, yeah, better get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Actual bullets. Oh, speaking of, when we were kids, just a little digress. Here's, I, I've this is one of my suburban stories, and another reason I don't like guns. Probably <gasps> hadn't even thought of that. When we were kids, we used to, at the end of our street was an almond orchard. Oh, yeah. Almonds, because down in South Australia yep. and in the northern suburbs there. And we used to cut through it to go to school. Mm-hmm. And then in another part, we'd cut through, get to the main north road, cross the road to go see our friends as we got older. Anyway, there was an old Italian farmer in there and his family. And we'd just sneak, and we did used to pinch the old almond or oh, two. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, you yeah. Know, God, of course, you of course, yeah. Almonds are yum, you know, off the tree. Yeah. But mostly it was because it saved us a 20-minute walk mm. to go right round, right round, right round. So we'd get in stealth mode and we'd go mm. up against the fence and we'd go, you go, no, you go, and we'd all do this big naughty thing and we'd run through. Anyway, I think he 
probably air rifle, I'd say. Yeah. But he used to shoot at us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I remember the old Armand Orchard caught fire once and it turned out it might have been someone that we hung around with. Mm. Yes, not good. Um, and then he died years that we found out that he passed on and the old mama, she didn't mind so much. She said, I always used to tell him off. Oh, so, you know, I knew yeah, you were right just eh? cutting through what's yeah. four almonds, you know. Yeah, bloody yeah hell, But he was defending his patch. Yeah. I, yeah. D- I just wanted to ask about with the permits and stuff, mm. for the what happens if you find something on there? Does the landowner have rights over that gold? No, no. You don't have to give them a no, card? No, no, no. No, um, no, it's totally... Um, you've, you've got the permit... You know, so or the Foskers license, mm-hmm. which they're called today. Um, yeah, no, you got sole rights to it, and that because the property owners actually only own like a couple hundred mil, you know, of the oh, topsoil, like the grass thing. rot. You know, yeah. they they've only own. That's why there's mines on properties today because you don't own the minerals. You know, like mm. whether it's gold, coal, you know. Coal seam gas, gas, any that's of that. That's why I just wrote that yeah, down. Yeah, well, because I had my property thing. down at Miles and um, and I had two companies come on there. Uh, one drilled for coal and the other one come in and was drilling, uh, doing clearing, wanted to do clearing for the seismic um, readings that they do for the coal seam gas. Yeah. Mm. So I actually had, had both of them come onto my property when I had it down at Miles, yeah. Do you have to still? They have to have your permission to come in. Yeah, yeah. They, as part of their license, yeah, but have, then what they, they get? They have the offered. permission, but if if you don't, like, you just got to try and be um, work out an agreement between you. Mm. But at the end of the day, if it goes to court and that, you know, they will eventually win out and and be able to come on anyway. Mm. So it's it's just really um, like a peace treaty, to, you know, like. Well, you know, if, if we watch your stipulations and that, and, and they just try and agree, you know, meet in the middle sort of thing. Yeah. But so you, they got guidelines they got to follow as well, like where they're not supposed to say um, drill or do any activity, say within two hundred meters of your property, of your house, you know. And and I had that problem come up, whereas they wanted to drill like um, it was only about I don't know one hundred and thirty meters from my house, you know, yeah. and. Um, so I had to make them move it, you know, uh, a little bit further down. And only mainly because um, I just started getting into the boar goats and that on my property. And, and right where they wanted to put this boar was um, drill hole, was right in the middle of my main little goat paddock, you know, oh, that I just had yeah. to put built sheds and things mm-hmm. and all that for them. And, and, um, but they, they got a quite a uh, bit pushy, actually. Um, so we agreed on the, you know, to go a little bit further, um, but the thing was, when when they rocked up there, before everything was even signed, sealed and delivered, they would start rocking machinery up on my property. Yeah, I've heard that. You mm. know? And, and I'm like... But, but see, I, I hadn't signed off on anything yet, mm. you know? And and I would have done. I didn't have any real issues. The, the only thing I wanted was, because they said in the paperwork they sent me, that you have right to claim ownership of that borehole when they finish doing getting their readings and that data out of it, right? Yeah. And and as you know, like a, a bore on a property is worth 
Like, to me to put that bore down, because it was like 160 metres they put that bore down, and there was water down there. Like, I already had a bore just up the back of my house, um, but it was fairly deep as well, and the water was a long way down. And the one they put um, was, uh, they they went deep for their sampling, but the water wasn't that deep. It was only like bloody 20 metres down. Anyway, but when I told the, the um, boss fella there when he come out, I said, um, oh, yeah, well, we just got to um, clarify and, and get signed off on, on that. I can take ownership of that bore when you're finished with it, and and it's my problem then, not yours, you know. I've got to sign off on that. Mm. But then he tried to tell me that I couldn't do that. Yeah. What? Own the bore? Own the bore. Because it purely come down because they don't want any liabilities to come back on them like years down the track. So, Because what they wanted to do with it was um, when they finished doing it, they fill it, fill it in with cement oh. and just block it off. I said, well, how crazy is that? I said, a bore is everything on a property. Mm. I said, I said, no way in the world you're going to come on my property and drill a 160-metre bore and, it, and there's water in that in there and just fill it in with the concrete. I said, no way in the world. And that would be saving them money anyway. He said, they... yeah, but, you know, we don't want the liability down the track. I said, yeah, but hang on a minute. handing over the liability. I said, but hang on a minute. I, but he tried to deny that it was in the contract, see, the mm. original paperwork. I said, well, I've got the paperwork right at the house here, mate, if you want to go over it again. It says there in black and white that I have the option of re- relieving use of the liability. I said, so until we get that sorted, he goes, oh, right. He said, oh, can I just bring the drill rig in and that, and we'll just sit it down the air of the road a bit and, oh, can I bring the backhoe in and the grader and all this and clear the little pad there where the, uh, cause they got to, where they set the drill rig up, they've got to have like a couple of little slurry pits right beside the drill rig. Mm. And they got this X marks a spot, like that's where the drill's got to put the rod down in. And they've got to have these pits off to the side of the truck. And it can only go one way, you know. And and yet I'm arguing with him the day before because I let him bring the other all the gear in and park it all there. I said and let him do the do the pad and and dig the little slurry sumps and that. Mm. And and then but like. But I felt like I was being muscled in on, you know, like yeah. they, they're pushing them and kept asking me, oh, can we just bring this in? And the next minute that had come in, oh, can we just bring the drill? They just rocked up. Can we just get them in off the road? And and I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, like you don't want to be difficult. Mm. But I'm like, but hang on a minute. Like you you haven't um, answered me question about whether I'm going to have ownership of that ball when you finish. And he just tried to fob me off. So, and, that, and I reckon they would have started drilling the next morning. But what I did, I went down there like, daylight and i parked my car right on x marks the spot (laughs) (laughs) well of course you did yeah yeah. oh cheers well you gotta have a bit of power as a landowner and anyway so and then i parked it right there and then and i still had some old like hundred year old fences there that i needed to pull down so i'm down there and i'm fencing away and that and just keeping an eye on things and then the drillers come in there kind of like Oh, what's going on, mate? We're, old mate told us we had to park on there and start drilling. I said, yeah, mate, ain't sorry. I said, sorry to be a pain in the ass. I said, but ain't happening, mate. I said, that that's um, old mate's fault. I said, he just kept fobbing me off. Mm-hmm. Then he rocks up about 7 o'clock. What's going on, Will? Like, well, you tell me, mate. When when, when, are, you, when are you going to sort this stuff out? And I'd already been speaking to the solicitor the day before on that, see, as yeah. well. And, yeah. and he told me, he said, yeah, no, they've, they've already push their boundaries with you and, and yeah. you've let it you've been nice and let them yeah. on and all that and they're just playing with you now he said so i said well how about i just go and park my car down there he goes yep that's what i'd be doing yeah, yeah. and then so they couldn't do a thing and then 
about eight o'clock when the um, my solicitor was open, he um, yeah, I, I ring him up, and then he goes, yeah, put put um, that boss man on the phone to me, and then they had a big yak and that, and then next minute he had to get on his computer and send emails and all that, and um, signing that over to me like the the ball, and then he put me back on the phone and said, yeah, I got it all in email. Will he said. Um, you, you, you can, can leave, leave your go car now. now. Yeah. <laughs> but it shouldn't have to come to that, you know no. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So. And there's a lot of farmers that wouldn't have the solicitor or the balls to go and park their car there. Yeah. Like imagine a couple in their 80s or there's just one farming yeah. lady or, yeah. you know, and you see it on, you know, the current affair shows and everything about yeah. all of this, especially the coal seam gas. Is, well, it was quite is funny because they, they had all their, like a little bit of a clearing area just down from the drill site where they put all their pipes and other bits and pieces they needed you know and I used to quite often come home from work after night shift and and grab my rifle and, and walk right around me blocking that you know chasing dingoes and that like because I had had the goats you know so the dingoes used to play havoc with them a bit anyway so I, I'd buddy walking around there one morning with my rifle and then I, I was coming down towards that lady in area where the um, drillers were and there, there's two fellas in there. They got a ute and they're loading a bit of gear on that, just talking amongst themselves and that. And then, and they didn't see me or hear me coming. That and I come walking out through the bush with this rifle and go, "Hey, go and fellow!" Oh, they just about jumped out of their skin. <laughs> and then I got this rifle and they, it looked like a scene out of Wolf Creek. <laughs> <laughs> and I got an old couple like that as well. They'll park because I had a gazetted road running down through my property, mm. and and they've just like, "Oh, we'll just get off the main highway and go down this." road here and pull over and have a cup of tea you know yeah i and get them at my place here all the time yeah, yeah. and same thing like, um, i'd been doing the boundary run and i'm come walking up with me rifle and they're sitting there and having a cup of tea and a biscuit <laughs> and then i'm like hey it's going oh, oh oh yeah all right. and i said oh you're all right don't worry i said i'm just a property owner i said you're all right you're all good yeah. but you can see the look on their face like yeah. you're thinking oh this is it i We've told come. you we shouldn't have come here john yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so just back to the ball for a minute. Mm. You said, of course, as you know, they cost a lot of money. Yeah, I don't oh. know that. Oh yeah, how well, they, much? Oh, what would you co- what oh, cost? To put for that, a ball? Oh, to put that down, that, that would have been like thirty grand easy. Really? Yeah, they, they were because there because that was wild. so deep. Yeah, and then cause then they put like um, I think it was bloody eight eight inch casing like down the fairway. They mm. put they, they put that down a hundred meters um, casing down, and then they um, that steel casing, and mm. then, and then they put a six-inch pipe inside of that eight-inch, and they put it down 160 meters oh, or something. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, and then when they finish and that, like I, I drop like drop a bloody rock down there, and, and it doesn't go down far, and then like you could hear a splash, you know, like oh. so it wasn't very deep at all. So I never got around to. Um, so it wasn't 160 meters. Oh no, that's how deep they drilled, but the water was only like twenty meters right, down. Yeah. yeah. Whereas my other bore up the house, it was it was a lot deeper down the water. And you only yeah. needed to go as far as the water. Yeah, and and it didn't have to be like a great flow rate or anything. Yeah, you know, it's just like um, just enough for goats and that. Like, it's, yeah. don't use much, you know. Yeah. So, oh, eventually I was going to get cattle as well. Then I had then I had the. Um, the other mob come on uh, doing the seismograph reading, and same thing. They in their contract thing and rules and regulation and all that. They got to come in and they're going to do these like hundred me- uh, hundred meters apart drill lines, you know, or seismic lines 
across my property, which is fine. But my my bloody property was like um, scrubby as, hairy as, you know, rocky, everything uh, in places. Yeah. Um, my block would have been probably had the most timber in the whole of Miles area there because nobody had touched it for like 30 years mm-hmm. timber-wise. Yeah. And... Um, I actually sold like a fair bit of timber off there, well, 15 greens worth, and, and they the fellow cutting there, he didn't even go far at all. Yeah. Like I still probably had like 100 greens worth of timber to sell on there, iron bark and that, you know, yeah. or fence posts and whatnot. Yeah. But anyway, um, but in their contract, they, they reckon, agreement thing, they reckon they got to come on, clear these, um, they send like a big bloody mulching machine through and it just gobbles the trees up and spits it out the back wood chip. Yeah, we had that on the mine where I worked as well, on that Camby Downs one. Mm. And um, and then, then they get, you know, grader or whatever does, come through and they, they clear clear a track for this um, seismic uh, reading machine. It's just it's just like a little, oh, little bloody bongo, bloody, or oh, safari bus type thing yep. you have out in the mines there. Yeah. You know, personnel carrier. And in the back butt they got the um, all the mach- implements, you know, set up in there that read the ground and but they reckon when they finish they got to spread all that wood chip back across the track and and push all the you know any other trees and that back out and like regenerate it cover it all up and i said oh no 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 that's not going to work for me i said if you're going to come in and put all these tracks in i want you to just leave them the way they are i said because i'm making a series of um goat paddocks you know i said so that's gonna actually benefit me by me not having to worry about clearing all that. But then they try to tell me too that, oh, no, um, we can't do that, sorry, this is what's got to be done. And I'm like, little did they know I've already been down this road with that other mine. And I'm <laughs> You'll like, do what I want. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, okay, righto. So I'll ring up the solicitor, righto, this is what's going on. He goes, oh, yeah, because the solicitors grew up born and bred in that country. They yeah. grew up on the lean. And so they, they know they it. know the lingo. They know exactly what you're talking about. You know, that's all money, you know. So he goes, yeah, no worries, we'll come in here and see me and we'll draw something up and we'll give it to them and that'll be the end of that. And that's what I did. So they could come in. But right about then, that's when I sold a property. And then, um, so I just got them to hang off until the property sold. And then they could carry on after that. If, uh, well, they could take it up with the new owner. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be a good spot. Stop. I'm, you need to see your rep by now. Oh, yeah, I'm for sure. sure. I need you're, a beer. You're killing me here. I'm killing you. But you yeah, lasted a lot longer. A, you know me now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll go and have a smoke. Yeah. Now for a word from our sponsor. Welcome Julia Hartman and the Bantax Accounting Group to Team Mad Mumsy. Julia is my awesome accountant. She has written two books with financial expert Noel Whitaker and has a passion to help us miners make the most out of our hard-earned cash. Head to bantax.com.au forward slash miners, that's B-A-N-T-A-C-S, to download your free miners booklet and a spreadsheet that will help you calculate the weight of your tools you need for your job. Why, you ask? You might be able to hitchhike a ride with them and claim your trips to work. Sounds confusing? Not at all. Just head over to bantax.com.au and let Julia and the team help you out. 
You will also find loads of free information and advice on property investing if you plan to really do some great things with your money. Again, that's bantax.com.au forward slash miners and tell them Mad Mumsy sent me. I've been waiting for you to come back so I can crap my beer. All right, eh? I'm dying of thirst here. Yep. <laughs> we ready? That sound is yeah, I've just, I was, oh, I was, yeah, jeez. I was just out there, um, while I was just having a smoke, killing myself. Um, I was observing, you got like a little pot thing here, like a little, I don't know what it is actually, like some sort of little pot, you know, it's got on a little stand there on the wine barrel. What can you tell me about that? Because as fu- you know, I'm yes. interested in all those sorts of stuff. Yes, it's a cast iron fondue. Righto. A fondue. Okay. Do you know what a fondue is? No, I don't, don't swear at me like that. <laughs> Hang on, I've got another one here. I'll get it. No, because I've seen a lot of stuff in my days, but I, um, I've never seen that one. Yeah. I grew up on these as a kid. Yeah. I believe back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And you put oil in your saucepan. Mm. And then you... I never did all this bit of it. The man yeah. always did this bit. Yeah. But you put metho yeah, in there. I have seen those before, but yeah. like this one's got the actual stand that supports that. Supports whereas it, Whereas that yeah. other one didn't, hasn't that got other it. One so hasn't. that's well, why I was a little bit, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I think But then it's got I the star-shaped sort of thing, you know, when you lift the lid and all that. And, yeah, with the... And, and when you take the actual pot off, it's got the, like that star sort of shape to yeah. it. Yeah. Interesting. Well, is that to hold the forks up? Because you know when you have a fondue... <laughs> You have fondue forks and you put your meat. What we used to have was a round table mm. and my parents used to do it um, yeah. Friday nights and yeah. stuff. With I'm just going to let, let you have a bit of a go here because it's not all about me, you know. No, no. Sometimes I take right, over. Right, oh, that's enough. Like, Moving <laughs> back on to my story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and no, we, we used to have cut up bits of steak, pineapple, mm. onions, stuff like that, and you'd load up like a kebab kind of. Yeah, okay. Load up your fork. Dip it in the healthy as oil yeah, and yeah. fry it, <laughs> and then you'd have a tray with all different sorts of sauce in it. Yep. And you dip it in, and you, everyone has different coloured um, forks, yeah, so okay. you know which colours yours. And everyone gets drunker and drunker. It's like my ex hated hated them because he was always starving. Because you get like one fork full, and you've it's taken such a mission to cook it and yeah, everything, but yeah, they're great. Yeah. Well, and yeah, because I was very observant too while I'm mm. out there, you know, and I noticed you had like the mozzie coil on top, yeah, but it hasn't got the um, like your little um, the little yeah, you know, when you buy your yeah, up. yeah, and you put them on, mm. and and I just and it just idea came to me when I was out there having my smoke, and now if you get like your empty tinny. Yeah. And then and then you fill it up with a bit of water, so it's got a bit of weight in it. Mm. You know, you don't want to leave like you know good beer or rum in there, of course. Oh God, but no! But when when your little <laughs> pull, when your little pull tab, because I see you've got a few of them you pulled off. Yes. was in your little tray there, which yeah. I use for an ashtray. Yeah. Um, but oh. yeah, just come to what you do. I reckon so. If you haven't got one of those gadgets that comes with them, then you. Pull your little oh, pull tab upright, doing. and then mm. and then you get a uh, pair of tin snips or something like that. Yep. And you just nick it there, and then you just lift that because it's only aluminium, like 
someone your size should be able to bend that as well. And and then it'll stick up just like the little thing where you sit the coils on. Yeah, and would. And Bob's your uncle. Mm. There you go. Oh. Hand, oh handy little good. tip of the day. Handy little tip of the day yeah. from Will. I was thinking you were going to say you could thread it through. Um, because oh, even yeah, when you yeah, hold it, it might up, even sit on. Yeah, that yeah, would thread probably, through pretty. Oh, good. now you're stealing my thunder. No, I said cut it and. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that that is a good. Yeah, because but I no, that that might might work. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my mistake. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, I, that that's one of my favourite lines when I'm out in the mines and that, and somebody's. Going on the two way, da da da, and then I'm like, yeah, sorry, my mistake, you're wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's gold because um, I can imagine you as a cheeky digger driver. Some of the yeah, I, I, I have not, my, I nice have my moments. Cheeky, but yeah, yeah. Still, been. there's a line. Don't push me. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll smash. I'll drop a big rock in your back. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't do that. Don't I never do that. It, I think it a lot of times. Cross yeah. my mind a bit, but no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. No, I've been pretty lucky. I've only, over all the years, probably just dropped the odd rock accidentally in the mm. truck. Because um, sometimes, like on them yep. big diggers, you know, 996 or 9800s, sometimes you're buddy digging away there and then, you know, it all looks fine. And then when you drop it in, next minute there's a big rock. Like you didn't even see it in yeah. there, you know. Yeah, that's why I said, yeah. sorry, didn't see it in there. And, like, and yeah. I've, right. yeah, only, you know, touch wood, clip the odd truck here and there, you mm. know. So... I remember actually years ago, probably about 15 years ago when I was at Norwich Park, I think I was on a Hitachi 2500 then, and um, and I come around, I was only just not long started there, you know, so they felt other fellows up there passing me out and that, you know, and um, and I come around, I clipped the side of the tray, you know, like with the t- with the tooth and, and it opened. With the trainer in there? The assessor? Yeah, oh, oh, it might have been the assessor, it was just like another operator, I think, oh, right, yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, and I come around, and, and the teeth on those uh, 2,500, like, they're so pointy, you know, mm. and not like the big ones on the bloody big diggers, you know. Yeah, and, they're um, square. Yeah. Rectangle, aren't they? And, and, and uh, I hit right on the bloody, um, I think it was the bloody off side of the truck, right on the point of the tray, and it just opened it up like a can opener, <laughs> you know. Like, it was only, like, probably, you know, half a foot long, right on the point butt, you know. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, shit, you know. And then an old mate goes, ah, that's what they got boiler makers here for, mate. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping someone in yeah. their job. Yeah. So back to prospecting. Yeah. I was thinking, do you want to go into um, how you do it? Because in those photos, you you showed us a lot of dredging photos. Yeah, yeah. So how do you do it that way? Dredging? Mm. Um yeah. Or what do you want to share about the process of doing it? So we've talked about metal detecting. Oh, well, just, yeah. What else? Well, when, when well, because we knew there was, you know, because my uncle sort of put me onto that spot there when I first learnt when I was about 18. And, and there was just like a lot of small gold in amongst there as well. Like there was, you know, bigger bits, but there was just heaps of alluvial in the gully. Mm-hmm. Uh, can and, you explain that for those... Poor people that don't know, I do. Yeah, oh, well, it's just like all your, you know, match head bits, salt and pepper sort of looking stuff, um, really fine, finer yeah. stuff, you know. And is alluvial gold usually around water? And alluvial gold is more 
away from water, uh, like deeper. In oh, that's how yeah. I've had it explained. To yeah, me. right, eh? Oh, now you're getting in the nitty gritty thing. Oh, that's yeah, right. Go, goals, yeah, yeah. goals, where you find gold's it. Gold's gold. Gold's <laughs> gold. Yeah, it's all, like, all yellow to me. All yellow to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so because there was because I'd done done the pan and bit for a while, and uh, then then I got the metal detector I bought off my uncle there. And uh, like I say, it, it was oh no, probably a couple of year old then, and he had two of them. So and and he was getting a newer one, you know. So better technology coming out right back oh, then. Right, yeah. And so I bought that one off him, and it still cost me four hundred dollars then, back in about ninety three or something. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So um, and I've still got that same to detector today, yeah. even though I, I did give it to my father, ex father in law there like fifteen year ago. And then, because uh, I had other ones as well, because um, every time my uncle upgraded to the newest one, and that's how he did all, um, he did good because he always updated when the newest one came out. He was smart enough to realise the technology and all that in it, so he kept updating. So I always used to keep buying his older one Old off one. him, so I get it like half price, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's still, yeah, they not, still, it's still a pretty. Up there one because yeah. there's only one ahead. Yeah. Oh, well, I've yeah. got that one and, and then I've got another one and I've had them both for like um, like 25 years or something now and, oh. and they still work as uh, good today as they did back then. Um, obviously, just, you know, they're, they're not as good as the ones put out today because with the technology, they, um, over the years, like it's a wonder we could even prospect back in them days because... The ground noises and that you used to get come through your head. You really had to just listen to your headphones, mm. the signals. It drive you barney, you know. Like the automatic ground balance ones, because uh, you got two types. You got automatic ground balance, which which are good, and then you got manual ground balance. You know, manual one you got to be on the dials yourself a lot more. You know, um, when the ground because the ground min- mineralization changes. You know, especially like say if you're in the creek in the floor of the gully, and then you try to go up the bank. Well, that mineralization is changing you know between the two so you kind of either got to do the all the floor of the gully for a bit and then get out and then go up and do the banks or up above and then you got to um, re-ground balance but if you got an automatic ground balance one well you can be swinging in the gully and then up the bank and it processes that automatically Um, for you yeah and they'd be worth more yeah 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 but that one of me, because my cousin bought uh, the manual ground balance one. It's um, a white Goldmaster VSAT, is what they call it, and the the make brand is like white, and um, yeah, and it's called Goldmaster. And but it, it's designed for finding like really really small gold. And he bought it, but then he had it for about six months, brand new, and never used it. You know, because he thought he was going to get into it, but he. he wasn't his cup of tea really and um so i ended up when i left weeper i oh before before i left weeper i actually just asked him if i could borrow it you know because i wanted to try it out and uh if it was any good well then i'd buy one myself and i took it over there and and i found um oh that's over to the winlock goldfields and i i found like 50 odd pieces of gold with this detector which brand new back then i think they come out at about twelve hundred dollars Mind you, like it sounds like a lot, 50, 50 odd pieces, but they all only added up to about, um, I think, four or five grams. Like them no, 50, grams. I thought you Yeah, them 50 ounces. odd pieces yeah. I found added up to only about four or five grams. But yeah. point being, 
they did what they say they can do. They can find. The oh, they're like shit, yeah. I can find with them, um, like oh, like a quarter of a match head. Mm. But with that te- uh, technology on the kilohertz, now we're getting technical kilohertz, cool. which this is, is uh, me- metal detectors run off of frequencies called kilohertz, and it it could pick up these, but make them sound like they're a one ounce nugget. You know, like they oh, boom in. Yeah. But you got to be in the right ground conditions, you know, like and and you got adjustments and that, you know, and depending on what ground, how noisy it is, where well, you you tweak the machine up to suit the conditions that you're in. Mm. But if it's reasonably quiet ground, you can crank it right up, and that's and where I was that time, it was uh, pretty quiet there, and and that's why it was sandy loamy sort of material and had all this alluvial running down through it. See, but they were like oh, quarter of mag- you can nearly hardly see them, but yet. On the detector, they'll beep, 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 beep. But the only thing is, you, I had to come up with another way finding them because when you got that signal and then you kept digging around the dirt and then you picking it up, it. you'd pick it up in your hand and then and check the dirt um, where you just got it from. The oh. signal would be gone, so you knew you had it in your hand. But the only problem is you wave your hand across the detector coil. Well, your your hand makes the same noise as that little bit of gold in there as well. Oh, yeah, really? Um, yeah. That is because it's that finely tuned. Yeah. So then I'll come up with this idea. I've got this little piece of plastic, like a breadboard-sized bit of plastic, mm. and then, then I put the pile... Because if you put it on the ground again, you spend another 20 minutes trying to find the basket, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. So, so I come up with put this um, handful of dirt on this bit of plastic, and I'll put two little piles there. And then uh-huh. I detect one, and then there's like no nothing there. Then you detect the other one, beep beep. So then you get rid of that other pile that had nothing in it. Then then you split, split that pile in half, and you just keep right, reducing yeah. and going through that process. You know it's a little bit time consuming, but and then you get down to there where you got two little piles, and then and there'd be like ten little crumbs of dirt there, and and then you know you couldn't even see it still. You know like especially if it's like dirty and, yeah. and got. Um, coated with um, ironstone or dirt or whatever and then what you do on the end is is you just blow really lightly on it mm. and then all the lighter stuff will blow away and the last little piece sitting in the middle that didn't move that'll be the piece of gold <gasps> yeah wow. like that's tedious getting down to that size but isn't but that what panning does though when when you get to those yeah, but pan, yeah, pan, yeah, but panning you're doing when you got water in water and that, you know, yeah. Oh, right. So yeah. that's a way of doing it when you haven't got water with you. Oh well, it's just a way of detecting. Yeah, you're yeah. detecting, but Different it's just way. those particular that particular detector. It's designed to find those little. Yeah. Yeah, it's tedious, but then it's, it's a little bit of gold, better than no gold. Oh my god, yeah. And they all add up. Yeah. You know. Yeah, shit, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, they can look after the cents and the dollars look after themselves, you yeah, know? Something like that. Yeah. Cheers, Will. Mm. <laughs> so, what, from that, back again to my question about dredging. Mm. Is it dredging? Yeah, Those yeah. Those photos well, you showed yeah, me dred- in the yeah, creek that's right. up yeah, dredging. Neck yeah. with the machines around you. Well, What's going well, on it's there? It's just a, um, well, it was a hot bloody day, all right. Crocodiles? It was, um, no, I just cut this right. Yeah. No, we had an understanding. No, right, <laughs> right there where I was dredging was way up in the in the gullies. Like, there, yeah, there's no, no croc- crocs up. No, down in the main river there could be, 
Because that's yeah. in the Wenlock River. So yeah. this is but in the little creek, gullies up the, the hill. Yeah, that right up feed in the hills. The yeah. Creeks. yeah, yeah. If you got eaten by a croc up there, it just wasn't your day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is that where a lot of gold comes from? It comes from the top of the mountains and then like Basically, makes its way down. Yeah. As you know in the morning, shit flows downhill. Yeah. <laughs> and truckies at the bottom. Yeah. Well I've heard drillers are pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> Grillers. Drillers. Stinking driller. That's for you, Rick. <laughs> My number one Twitter fan. Yep. Driller Rick. Yeah. Yeah, no, as a root. Yeah, well that's how that's how the old timers tracked it, traced it years ago, you know. You start down the bottom in gullies and they start getting colours, you know. Mm. And then they pan their way up the creeks and then there'll be a series of forks up the creek, you know, and they, and they start going up one fork, you know, and then the next minute the colours run out. Yep. So they come back, then they pan up the main gully again, and then another fork, then they go off up it, then it might start getting richer getting more and more in their pans all the time mm. and that's how they track it up and then then it'll run out of the gullies and then then they'll start doing little races around the mountains and that you know it's like little trenches they put um level around the mountain there and then when it rains those little trenches fill up with uh, water mm. and then they can pan actually up on the side of the mountains Oh, they pan. Yeah, that's what they call water Instead racing. Instead of it going into the gullies and going and, down. And then it's just all about pinpointing where the sort. And then, then all of a sudden there's a big cluster of gold right in this one little area. Well, then they'll put a... Oh, oh then they'll put... Hang on, sorry, not to wreck your house. Then they'll put, they'll put a... Um, He's sink getting a sh- excited. Sink He's a, waving his arms yeah, around Yeah, me. they'll sink a shaft in the side of the hill then, like because that's where the oh. gold might have come out of the reef, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. Anyway, I can't tell you anymore, otherwise you'll know more than me. <laughs> well, that's what we're doing, isn't it? <laughs> oh. So, I still don't understand about the dredge. Uh, yeah, well, the, the, dredge, the dredge is just... Um, Third time lucky. No, yeah, I'm the joking. dredge is just another way of um, prospecting, that's all. Yeah, so tell us Yeah, about well, it just, it sucks, you know, you're using the dredge as like a vacuum machine, but you're using water, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's in you, the creek with you. Yeah, in yeah in the creek. So because the gold all runs into the bottom of the creek when the wet season's on, and, and the water's all up here and that, it's like a big washing machine. And gold's heavy, as you know. If you don't, you do now. Yeah, yeah. It's heavy, and it, it's um, the only thing. He- uh, well, the only thing that's similar is like mercury in its form. Uh, but gold is actually heavier than mercury because that's why they use mercury in the gold processing industry because like if you drop um, a piece of gold on a bit of merc in a mer- jar of mercury, you gotta have it in water as well. Mm. Then the gold will actually the gold penetrates into the mercury. It's weird, eh? Like you you get a little piece of gold, like match head piece, and you, and you drop it in the mercury. Mm. It'll just say like an old Vegemite jar or something like that, you know. Um, but you can't just get that everywhere. Like you what really, Vegemite jars? No, no. They're all plastic. <laughs> They're all plastic no. now. Will. Mercury, mercury, oh. jars of mercury. You could years ago, but not yeah. these days. Are they in thermometers at the bottom yeah, that, of a that's, thermometer? That's correct. So yeah, you smash all the thermometers and fill up your yeah. It take you a long time. Jar. Take you a long time to get what you need. But I was just uh, lucky enough that old fellow that I was prospecting with years ago that owned that pro- oh, had the permission of that property. Well, he he back in them days, like like they used to sell it by the jars full, you know, but oh, they don't yeah. anymore. Yeah. So he had a fair bit of it. So he gave me a little bit years ago, um, but it's weird, eh? You can, you know, you can have like a Vegemite, let's say, quarter full of mercury, 
and then you you drop like a match head piece of gold in there, or it could be even like a fly sheet, you know, and and it will penetrate into the mercury, and then you drop like a a bolt or a nut, and drop it in, and it'll just sit there and float around on top of the mercury, oh, and, and wow. nothing will happen. Yeah, and that's why they use mercury because mercury collects the gold because it's heavier than mercury and will penetrate it. See, yeah, but right. nothing nothing else will. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So that's in the yeah gold in the yeah. process like once uh, you, they you're getting off the beaten the track now. Everything. Let's get back to the dredging. Yeah, get back to yeah, the dredging. Yeah. Oh, listen to you. Yeah. Get back to the dredging. <laughs> I tried for ten minutes. Okay, go. Yeah, right. So, so why so mercury dr- and dredging? No, no, no. You don't use mercury and dredging. We no, just, just we just got off the uh, sidetrack there. You did. Um, yeah. So the dredging is just an, yeah, it's just another way of putting a lot of material through. Well, it's quicker than panning, that's for sure. Hmm. Um, Same yeah. kind of idea. If, if, yeah, like panning, panning is only ever used, well, back in the old days, that's all they had. Yeah. But then they do it on a larger scale where they use their long toms and that, you know, which would be cut made out of a hollow log. And then they put little ripples in it and that. And then when the rain's on, they'd shovel the dirt in there and pump water over there. And oh, a lot of times, even then, because they didn't have a lot of pumps back like 100, 150 years ago. So they actually just lay that log down at water level. So the water's flowing, the creek is flowing through the log mm. and then they just shovel the dirt in and all the lighter material just washes away and only the heavy stuff which and the gold stay in the long term. Yeah, mm. which, yeah, it's a sluice, but we've just got modern-day ones and, and with the dredge it's just like a speeding the process up a bit, yeah. So you instead of shoveling all the stuff in there, you're, you're actually... Uh, sucking it up vacuuming it up off the bottom of the floor yeah and then it all goes up into the header box gets smashed around over a little oversized screen and stuff and that and buddy and then the finer stuff goes in through the tray and then all the shit goes away and the gold's left in the tray oh right yeah. and you just sit on the side of the bank having a beer watching you just sit in the creek and um oh in the creek yeah, that's right yeah yeah no i actually didn't drink that much back in them younger days yeah True. Yeah. Making up for it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, I, I only maybe once a fortnight, like on a Friday, Saturday yeah. night, I might have a drink. Yeah. But in the younger days, I didn't really drink much. Yeah. You were too busy doing all your other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, all I right. did. I um, went mining, you know, and just stressed me out, and then I had to, you know, yeah. resort to hit the drink. Nah. Binge drinking miners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my grandson got, he was about 11. At the, at the time, and we got some a couple of buckets of sand out of a mate's creek, um, at the bottom of a mountain. And he, uh, my grandson, had been watching the one of the gold shows on on telly, one of the first ones that come out that we got to see, you know, where they gold strike or whatever it was called yeah. up in the mountains, and there were the families and uh, what was it? Anyway, they were doing all of that. So he, we got him a, a pan. But then what he ended up doing was making a... It was quite clever. He had a bit of wood. He got a big bit of ag drain without holes in it. Yeah, it didn't have holes. And um, but you know how it has the ripples yeah. on the inside? Yep. And he put the... Nailed that onto the bit of wood mm-hmm. and cut, cut it open yeah. at the bottom part of it. And then um, water... Mm-hmm. And 
fed all of it through and hosed it through and got some gold out of it. Yeah. That, yeah, and the, or fool's same, gold yeah, might have been. Same, you know, same right. thing, but that, same all them, them ripples, um, yeah, uh, acting as a catchment, you know. Yeah, yeah. and because the gold's heavy, he yeah. learnt that gold's That's heavy. Right. This yeah. is what they do, it goes... Along the thing, and yeah, I got my own little gold shaker in my container of home. There, I made it like what that when I make that about 97. I made that, yeah, yeah, because that old fella up Charter's house he had one that he used to like go out town there and um grab a couple buckets of uh material, you know, uh, which hopefully might have some gold in it, and then he'd bring them back home and put it through his little um gold shaker. Which mm. he had set up down under a um, old Chinese apple tree uh, there at Charters Towers, and um, had a used to pump the water up from an old mine shaft not far from there, and he had a little header tank, you know, like a little water tank. Yep. And, and then he yeah crank up his little gold shaker, and that's actually after I found that patch that time, and then we got all the bigger ones out and then we got down to like where they were ma- lots of match head size yeah. you know and we go oh this is getting too tedious you know so i just grubbed all this dirt picked it all you know shoveled it all in the um, back of my ute <laughs> and um he had a heap of these uh 20 liter drums he used to get from the roadhouses you know the um cooking oil oh and yeah they used to just put them out the back and that and he used yeah. to go around and get them off them and so i filled up a heap of them and the back of my ute i just shoveled it all in there and then we took it around to his place and we spent a few days putting all that dirt through his little gold shaker mm. and um, that's how we got the rest of the gold out. And how much did he get out doing that that way, do you reckon? Yeah, oh, another quite a few ounces, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's awesome, so, isn't it? So, yeah, that's... And, and so I ended up building one myself. I had to go around and get all the steel and wood and bits and pieces. But the hardest thing I had to um, track down was the clutch for the uh, that you because the the shaker's running off a uh, little like say two horse bridge and stratton motor and it's got a side shaft coming out and you put a pulley which then you put say um onto a chain like on a push bike chain and sprocket and all that and and it's offset like quarter of an inch instead Mm. of center so that's what gives it the shake because it's off balance a little bit yeah yeah and um but oh, you want to be able to stop yeah. the shaker when you want to, so you need a clutch set up. So, and what the old fella had on his was years ago the old lawnmowers, they had a clutch set up with a little pulley and belts to when you want to drop the blades in, mm. you drop the lever down and the belt takes up the tension and starts driving the blades. So I had to hunt around to find one of them because they were starting to become like antiques then. Oh, right. And, but he goes, oh, I know this old mate of mine. He, he's got a couple of miles down the back. He, I think he's got one of them. So I went around there and asked him, but he thought a bit reluctant. And I ended no. up buying off. We only like $20 back then. But Did you buy the whole mower? No, no, just, 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 the, the, just the clutch set up yeah. on it. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and I've still got my little gold shaker today and I built that like, yeah, about 97. Yeah, right. Yeah. I used it a bit when I was up the towers, but then when I left there, I haven't really use it anymore but yeah i'll never get rid of it mm. that's that's a good option if people are thinking about prospecting that, i i like right. the idea of going out there in the heat and the shit and that and yeah. getting it and putting yeah. it in in uh cooking oil drums mm. in the back of the ute coming yeah. back and then doing it somewhere nice yeah with a bit of a, yeah, a view it. and a 
beer and a yep. <laughs> under a tree. Yeah, you can only really do that at home and that because you can't really mm. you do that actually out on the properties where you're getting the gold, um, not unless you've got a mining lease because that little gold shaker then is classed as like equipment like and um, and then you've got to go into a different, you've got to go into a mining lease, not not a Fossiger's licence because a Fossiger's licence only allows you to use hand tools and um. metal detectors and pick shovels, crowbar, gold pans, yeah. that type of thing. Dredges? Yeah, uh, no, no, definitely no dredges. Yeah, no, they got banned, yeah, quite a few years ago. Oh, yeah. right. I think... Because of people, I like think you. I was on the borderline <laughs> when when that when I was dredging. <laughs> but you did say you weren't doing that too often, mainly on the hand tools. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Cheers, Will. Yeah, cheers. This is good. I'm learning heaps. Mm. So yeah. So how often do you get out about and do it now? Oh yeah. Well, I haven't done as much as I'd like to lately, but I am working on it. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, I've been a bit quiet lately. Well, probably, um, yeah, only blow every four months or so lately, yeah, sort right. of get out and that. Just like go somewhere close, like Claremont or... Yep. Uh, and actually, I want to go back over there again shortly because they just released a new bit of ground over there under the general permission area at Claremont. Yeah. So it'll already be getting hammered now. Um, it's just that the other... Bits of ground over at Claremont, they're, like they've been hammered, you know, for year, donkey's years, you know. So mm. it makes it hard to find a piece, you know. Like it's when I used to be up Weeper and you go over Cape York, you know, you, you're going over ground where hardly anybody's ever been before, you know. Yeah. And um, that's where you can find a patch yeah, where that's it's right. just laying When you're going to areas where every man, their dog, you know, goes, because a lot of people from down south and that, you know, um, like Sydney, Melbourne, all them areas, they all come up here. Mm. and do their prospecting and that and they all go to the caravan parks out there and they all flog them areas you know like um but yeah it's if you don't haven't got a lot of properties well it's it's still a good place to go because you got the permission you know um because they've already you buy like a kit over there and um and they've already sourced the prop, um, property owner's permission for you oh, okay. but they've actually put aside like a you know thousand acres of their land and, yeah and um allow you to go on there you don't even have to go and see them you just get your permit or your Fosca's license and then you buy your um kit off of them you know which is through it's all through the council and everything over mm. there so yeah so at least it's one oh, way of being able yeah. to go out there and prospect and everything's above board and you don't have any dramas you know so and yeah. it's not that far yeah. out how far out for those that don't know, you describe Claremont. where Claremont is. Oh, well, from, from Mackay. Um, in Queensland. Yeah. In, yep. yep. Um, it's, what, about two and a half hours run, roughly? Mm. Yeah. So it's not Pretty that far. west. But if, if I go there, well, I work out over near that way anyway, at Dice Heart, Queensland. So um, the universe, yeah. <laughs> so... It's just a bit, you'd just go oh, straight I could just from there. Yeah, just go yeah. straight from there, you know, that way it's only, oh, not even an hour's run from there, yeah. really. Yeah. And what about um, Alpha? That's another big place where they do all that sort um, of stuff, oh, isn't it? That's a bit further south? No, well, oh, Alpha's, yeah, no, where it's more Alpha? It's more um, west west of Claremont. Is that what, yeah, yeah from little, Emerald? Yeah, it'd be, more yeah, west yeah, west of west, west of Emerald and... Southwest of Claremont, roughly, I think. Yeah, because yeah, that's yeah, but where that, I think Adani's that's going to be. That's going to be more coal. Yeah. Mm. So, 
But well, I was living in Emerald for a bit there, back in a past life, and a lot of people used to go to Alpha. They're probably still getting over it. <laughs> I know someone that is. <laughs> oh, dear. So is, what else do we need to know about prospecting? What else do you want to say about that? Um, yeah, well, it's just, you know, it's a good pastime and um, if you like the outdoors and that, and yeah, it's a great, great hobby and can be rewarding at times. Mm. Mm. And, yeah, that's what I'm um, aiming to do, say, maybe another four years' time. Like, I still do it between then, but full time. You know, that's my plan B yeah. for get out of mining. Yeah. Um, there's something, yeah, I've been wanting to do for a little while now and, um, yeah, I probably could have done it four years ago, but I didn't and probably still kicking myself now because I could have been on the TV show that's over in, you know, the West there. Yeah. Because that's why I want to go over the West as well, you know, like I haven't been over there yet, uh, like Carl Gurley, Kilgardy and, uh, all them places, but my uncle had been over there quite a few times and yeah, yeah and he, he did pretty good, um. Yeah, just the country's a lot more vast and open there, and like up in Queensland, here, like you got a, a lot of trees and grass and everything, you know. But um, it's only this time of the year, like when it's really before the rains come, it's hot and dry. But then it gets too hot. But yeah. but it's a good air. It's good because <laughs> there's no grass. Because usually, as you know, like all the fires been going on. Mm. Um, so once the grass is burnt, well, then obviously that makes it a lot easier to detect because you haven't got the grass to contend with. So all the so it's a prospectors out pros- there Prospectors' out paradise, now. but it's a property owner's nightmare because like, then they've got no grass for their cattle, obviously. It's so it's a rain, double-edged man. sword, that one. Um, yeah, mm. so... But the rain that we're having is... Probably yeah, yeah. grass grows back pretty yeah. quick, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's, it's... We don't want too much that mm. it washes all the soil away, though. Yeah, that's right, mm. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. That's so that's your um, escape plan. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Just um, yeah, want to go prospecting full time. Uh, uh, probably. Yeah. Just have to leave it maybe another four years when I, I do for my next long service. Then, so I think I'll give it a crack then. And you know, get like, so you get you know, have about six months off, I suppose, and um, give it a go. Mm. And if it doesn't work out, well, it's come back to mining, I suppose. If not. We'll just, if I do all right, we'll just keep at it. Keep at it, yeah. Mm. Well, cheers, Will. Yeah, no Thanks worries. Thanks so yeah. much. Thank, it's been thank uh, you. great to chat with you once again. Yeah. And for those, I'll just remind you, listen to the first episode because, oh, my God, there's crocodiles, there's all sorts of shit goes on in there yeah. in part one. That's beers with the minor. Um, hang on, that's madmumsy.com forward slash beers 52 and the show notes for this will be beers 53 and you will see two little blips of my life yeah yeah (laughs) two little blips yeah Yeah, i'll be here all year if i told you my whole life story i know right but (laughs) we've got to keep relating it to mining because that's Mm. a podcast however i've got 20 million other podcast ideas inside of me so that's where gold ties in see gold's mineral mining see of course I'm i'm leaving mining and i'm going mining 
You are. Yeah. yeah no, you morning gold, but working for yourself there's a big difference. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Not working I can for get the up man. myself, and I can get up when I want to get, get up. up yourself. Go and get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> get probably, out there and get to work. Probably have to because I've got to go and find some gold to find, buy some food to get something to eat. <laughs> it would make you do it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, well, that's my dream anyway, and yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Put it in the place shortly. In the place, and that and that's a good thing. I always talk about is you know mm. what is it that you like doing and how often are yeah. you doing it how often are you actually doing what is your happy place yeah. it sounds like this is one of your happy places yeah. well so. and it's not only it's not only that you just um you just go and prospect and that's it like then i'll go out there and then then you'll be set up camp somewhere or it might be another old fella mm. you know like my uncle be just camped over there and then you meet up you know you go and have, start having a yarn and then next minute you think I can talk next minute? <laughs> their stories start coming in, and, yeah. and I just gobble all the, that stuff up. I just yeah. love sitting there listening to the older, talk, you know, yeah. fellas talk and that, and um, yeah, and and then you got like I say you got all your relics that you find as well. So it's not just go and find gold and that's it. There's, mm. there's a whole lot more. Yeah, it's camping. It's yeah, great outdoors. Just being out there. It's... Yeah, yeah. And then you can mix it up and do a bit of prospecting. They go, oh bugger it, I'll just chill out and go fishing for a day or two now. You know, like yeah, mm. so. Sounds go. awesome. I want to go. And that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, that's you. Mm. Cheers, Will. Yep. Thank you. Thanks so much. I think you could. You should start a podcast about all of that yourself. Yeah. Well, no, you, yeah, you're pretty never good. Say never. For someone who didn't know what a podcast was and was scared of the microphone, thought I was going to write all this down. Can you imagine? I would have writer's cramp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll call it a day now. Will. Thanks yeah. so much. It's been no an worries. absolute pleasure and an honour, and I'm glad that you. Say good day to me on the bus. Yeah, thank you, and thank all the listeners out there, and I hope you uh, get something out of it. Yeah, yeah, we will. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Yeah. Love yous. Oh, <laughs> mean it. <laughs> and there you have it. There's our wonderful chat with Will, part two. There's a lot of gold in there, and actually real gold, hey, and other stuff too. So how about you get all your prospecting gear out head out and see what you too might be able to find you might not have to go back to work how cool would that be i'd love to go out and and have a crack at doing this but oh i don't want to go when it's this bloody hot that's for sure anyway we'll finish it off there thank you so much for listening and remember if you are enjoying the podcast to please subscribe on whatever app you're listening to so you don't miss an episode And, of course, any ratings and reviews would be great. I'd love for you to also share with your mates. And until next time, please stay safe, be real, be special and have fun. For we only live once. Cheers. Oh, and P.S. Don't get too cranky when you're shopping over Christmas. We all have to be nice to each other and get through it. And you can do it too. Help make someone's day. If they're busy at the checkout or something, just say, you're, having a, you're doing a great job. That's what I do. And bring them back into the zone and have a smile. Have a smile with people, especially the young ones that are going to be working over the school holidays coming up here in Australia. Anyway, that's enough for Mad Mumsy. Catch you next time. Bye.